find the book of Romans. I promise I won't be preaching as long as I did this morning, and uh, it's already, uh, it's gotten late on me, so, uh, but uh, God knows how to work things out. I got a short message tonight, and I thought, man, I'm going to let them out early. Uh, looks like we'll get out about the regular time. <laughs> So anyways, I'm just playing around with you. Uh, might as well laugh about it. Uh, and uh, so uh, I got a preacher friend out in South Dakota. He put a picture up on Facebook today. And uh, he said you, he, he was laughing just real big. And he was outside all bundled up. And he said, he said, yeah, I'm laughing, not crying. He said, if I was crying, my tears would freeze to my cheek as it's negative nine out here today. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, he said, might as well laugh. It's better than crying crying anyways. Uh, so anyways, Romans chapter 8 tonight, and I promise you I won't be very long tonight. I know uh, I don't want to be guilty of lying in the pulpit. So uh, Romans chapter number 8, and uh, if you, when you find your place, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Romans chapter number 8, I'm going to read just a few verses and get into the message tonight. The Bible says in verse number 35, in Romans chapter 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus, or which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank God for that tonight. I'm going to take a message here out of verse number 37. I wanted to read all that for context, though. The Bible says, nay, in all these things, this world has a lot of trouble, don't it? Uh, as Paul writes here under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he tells us, uh, he's talking about all these things. What are we talking about? Nay, in all these things. What things? He says, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, Hey, he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And tonight, for just a little bit, I want to preach on conquering in the Christian life and conquering in the Christian life. Thank you for standing. You can be seated tonight. And, you know, from our vantage point, uh, it seems that our lives get into more messes than we can figure out, don't they? But here's the thing. That's just how things appear. According to the Bible, the child of God is, uh, they, the, the, the children of God are a perpetually victorious people. Are they not? That's what the Bible tells us. We're more than conquerors, it says. And it says we have victory through Jesus. And so, hey, here's the thing. We can't always see it, and we can't always feel it. We don't always live like it. But it is true nonetheless, isn't it? Notice this verse in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 37. It says we are more than conquerors. 
doesn't say we shall be, we might be. If you do this, then it says we are more than conquerors. It's kind of like what I was mentioning this morning about, about a mortality rate. Everyone dies, but Paul wrote and told us in Romans 5 that we can be much more sure of eternal life if you're a child of God than you can your death. And your death is 100% certain. <laughs> And so here's the thing. We don't always feel like it, but the Bible does say that we are more than conquerors. How is a Christian more than a conqueror? Well, a Christian overcomes with a greater power. What is that? The power of Jesus. A Christian overcomes with a greater motive. What is that? The motive of Jesus, or the glory of Jesus. And then a Christian overcomes with a greater victory, losing nothing even in the battle. It's like I've said, I've said it like this several times. The worst thing this world can do, and I've said this while he's preaching on persecution and uh, the persecution the first church faced and, you know, the madman uh, Emperor Nero that would cut off their heads and would burn them. You know, I've often said it this way. The worst thing the world could do to me is send me to heaven. You think about that. That's how you're a much more than a conqueror because the world, hey, the worst that the world could do to you is just put you in the express lane. That might be a, I mean, maybe we don't want to think about that. I don't know, but I mean, it helps me. It helps me. And uh, how uh, the, the Christian tonight overcomes with a greater love. Uh, we conquer enemies with love and converting persecutors with patience. Uh, we are more than conquerors, the Bible says. How is that? Because it's not just me working. It's not you working. It is the power of God working through us as Christians and children of God. And so as Christians, we have the assurance that no matter what challenges come our way, no matter what struggles we face in our lives, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. The love of Jesus gives us strength to overcome any obstacle and to live a victorious Christian life. With Christ as our anchor, we are able to live a life of victory knowing that He will never leave us, knowing that He will never forsake us. Let me tell you, Romans chapter 8 verse 37 has brought comfort and hope to the hearts of God's children for many years. It reminds us that we are more than conquerors in spite of how things appear to us tonight or in spite of how we may feel about our circumstances. And so tonight what I want to do is focus on this fact concerning feeling. Many times, as I've already said, we don't feel like conquerors, but the Bible says otherwise. And so tonight, I want to give you some pointers on how we can battle this feeling and truly conquer in the Christian life. See, here's the thing. You got a, you got a train out here, all right? I wish I had a picture. I gave it out in Sunday school the other week, but you, you got a, you got a train out here and it's got three parts. You got an engine. Oh, there we go. You got an engine. You got a car behind it. And then you got a caboose on the back end, all right? Oh, well, it's ripped and it's got a picture of a, oh, Madeline's been doing artwork on it. So, oh, oh. Son, you need to work on that. 
thought it was done by five. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyway, so check this out. I don't know if y'all can see this. You might not be able to, but uh, we've got a train right here, and leading out the front is the facts, okay? Then right behind the facts, we got faith, because guess what? My faith is in facts, right? Faith is not just chance. It's not believing in nothing. It is not just a, a hopeful shot in the dark like the world thinks it is. Faith is not that. Faith is in facts found in the Word of God. And then later on back here, coming up with the rear, we got the caboose of feelings. You know why this is so important? It gives us a correct order to operate in our Christian life. As long as you got the facts out here in front and faith following those facts and your feelings are way back here somewhere, you can conquer this life. You can have victory. You know what happens to us though most of the time? We get these feelings feelings right here and we like to stick that caboose up in front of the engine but you know what the caboose can't pull the train can it it can't do it that's why when we lead with feelings we're going nowhere and so every time you start thinking well this is just how I feel I just feel this I just can't help but feel this way won't you just get back in the word of God and look at the facts and forget about the feelings. Yes. Now, I ain't some super spiritual up here somewhere preacher. I know that is easier said than done. But honey, let me tell you, go through your Bible, find these. Hey, when I feel like a failure, the Bible tells me the fact is I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved me. Y'all see how that works? You get back into the Word of God and start focusing on the facts, and guess what? It won't be long. You won't be focused on the feelings anymore. But see, what happens is when your faith is put into the facts and you focus on those facts, they'll make the feelings better. See how that works? It's a wonderful thing. And so this verse here, uh, this verse, I, I just want to, I just want to talk just a little real practical. This is not deep. This is nothing, nothing big, nothing you've never heard before. But I just want to give you some pointers at how you can fix the feelings and keep them where they belong. And so the first thing is we conquer with more prayer. We conquer with more prayer. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You know what? Many Christians today, they lack victory because they neglect to pray. Many people treat God only as a spare tire and they pray when something big happens, but otherwise they neglect Him. And when this happens, that person forgets that it's the little foxes that destroy the vines. You let your prayer go, you'll be a weak Christian. You let your prayer go. I mentioned it to the men yesterday. Uh, I, I've been reading a book and uh, just uh, God has convicted me so from some things that were said in that book. And, and uh, one of the things that was mentioned, and I quoted it to him yesterday, is how God has promised us to hear us yes. when we pray. He has promised 
to bring people into the church for salvation. He has promised to do a work in our hearts and in our lives that only He can do. He has promised, but if we don't pray, He's promised nothing. Nothing at all. Well, preacher, do you have verse of scripture for that? Yes, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. If we just go to God and pray, there is no telling what we would see happen. And here's the thing, though. A lot of times we neglect prayer life. And honey, I'm going to tell you, when you stop praying, those feelings are going to start creeping up to the front of that engine and you're going to derail in your Christian life. Paul writes in that verse, Philippians 4, 6, he he writes that uh, everything is the proper subject of prayer. Not just big things. There are no areas of our lives that is of no concern to God. Did you get that? There is nothing in your life, nothing, that is of no concern to God. He is concerned about every aspect. I love what one one said, if if it's enough for you to worry about or think about, it's enough to pray about. And so... Prayer should be a great priority because prayer is a, is a great privilege. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17 says, Rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. Uh, uh, going back to Philippians chapter 4, he's, he's essentially saying this, Don't worry. Don't be anxious about it. And he means everything. But be prayerful about it. You worry about it, go to God with it. Stop worrying. The hymn writer reminds us in in that hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. We sung that in the choir this morning and how true it is. We have a friend in Jesus. But listen to me. That part of that song, it, 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 it really gets me. It says, ah, where is it here? I got it on here. It says, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You want victory in the Christian life? You're going to have to have a life of prayer. Number two, you not only conquer this life with more prayer, but you conquer this life with more promises. Yeah. More promises. No, I ain't talking about you promising anything. I'm going back to facts of God's Word. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, For all the promises of God are in Him, are yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Some Christians fail when it comes to reading, remembering, and relying on God's promises. They unsuccessfully depend on their own strength. But if we are to live a victorious Christian life, we must trust God and depend on His promises. When you start feeling like you're alone and nobody cares, then you need to turn over to the book of Matthew or turn over to the book of Hebrews, turn over to those book, turn over to the book of Hebrews and open it up and look at the fact that God said He'd never leave us nor forsake us. So how in the world can you be alone when you've got Jesus? Right? 
Think about this. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56 says, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. Now, he never broke a promise back then. He doesn't break a promise today. He's the same God back then as he is today. The Bible tells us that he is the same yesterday, the same today, the same forevermore. He never changes. The same God that called Elijah is still calling men today. The same God that saved his people. The same God that delivered those children of Israel. The same God that worked in their lives is here and he's working in our lives even today. His word is true. His promises are true and He can be trusted. He says, let man, let God be true and every man a liar. I don't know why I always want to put man first when I quote that verse, but I do. But the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. That is an important fact, especially in those times when we encounter complications from a change in our plans or we're set back or we've got a setback or, or we we get tripped up or we get moved aside. Hey, let me tell you the re- reliability, dependability, believability, capability, credibility, durability, impeccability, infallibility and sensibility of the Word of God can give us a firm foundation from which we can live our lives and we can face our storms and complications whenever there's a change in our plans. Hey, it's okay if my plans get changed. It's okay. God is taking care of it. D.L. Moody said this, God never made a promise that was too good to be true. Yeah. He never made a promise that was too good to be true. They're all true. God's promises are good and they're always true. And we need to believe this and act like we believe this in order to have victory in our lives as Christians. So we need to conquer with more prayer. We need to conquer with more promises. Hey, God said it. We need to believe it and go on. Thirdly tonight, we conquer with more peace conquer with more peace. I told you about prayer just a moment ago from Philippians 4, 6, but if you move to verse 7, right after that verse I quoted, you'll find this. It says, and the peace of God. It joins together. Hey, if you'll pray about everything and you'll be anxious for nothing, then the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds Through Christ Jesus. Many Christians fail to be victorious simply because they got no peace. You know what it means if you got no peace? You must not be praying. (laughs) We can tell on ourselves sometimes, you know what? I'm just, hey, all I'm doing is quoting scripture. I got this, <laughs> I saw this picture today. It was so funny. It's a picture. And, and I don't know if y'all have ever watched the movies, but there's a scene in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies where, where the main character, he is running on a seashore. I mean, he is running for his life. And there's like 400 people behind him. And they got all their pitchforks and their knives and their swords up and they're running after him as hard as they can. And you just see the look of fear on his face. And this guy, I know he, he shared that today and he put on top of it. He said, all I did was quote, scripture (laughs) 
So that's how it works sometimes. But here's the thing. People will live sometimes with fear and doubts rather than with faith and confidence. If you'll just go to the Lord with it and give it to Him, you can have some peace in your life. If you don't ever, here's what we do so many times. Instead of giving it to Him and forgetting about it, we want to take it and we want to fix it. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I'd whole lot rather God fix it for me. I have seen God time and time and time and time again over the past several years fix things for me. All I had to do was sit back and say, whoa, boy, you sure are good, Lord. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Peace is what I'm talking about. Jesus said in, in John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace give I unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hey, what's happened to us, y'all? Even Christians are walking around scared. They're anxious. I know there's some things we can't help. I ain't one of these preachers. I ain't getting up preaching that if you just if you just trust in God, you get off all your medicine. I don't believe that. Sometimes we have problems with our lives. We do. Let me just put it this way, and I gotta move on because I gotta hurry up. I didn't give myself much time tonight. But here's the thing. Sometimes with what we're facing, maybe it's just that God gave that doctor enough sense and enough knowledge and enough, and enough intelligence to create a medicine to help us. You know what I mean? So please don't take me the wrong way. But a lot of times we're walking around scared and we're walking around anxious and we are stressed up to here. You know why? Because we simply won't let God have it. Yes, amen. Help me, Lord. That's true. Yeah. We simply must accept the peace that God offers us. The Bible describes three aspects of peace related to God. Let me give them to you. We've got the peace from God. This phrase is found throughout Paul's epistles in the New Testament. It reminds us that true peace comes to us as a gift from God. Then we've got the phrase peace with God. That describes a relationship that we enter into with God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Let me just put it this way. Salvation. Salvation brings us the peace with God. We're no longer enemies of God, but we are friends of God. And then we have the peace of God. That's the peace we read about in Philippians 4, 7. This is a peace that passeth all understanding. In other words, it's a peace that is mind-blowing. It's a peace that is beyond the power of our thinking today. It is a peace that is divine in origin. It is a peace that cannot be disrupted by the problems, the disturbances, the difficulties of life. It is a peace that cannot waver, that cannot be shaken, that cannot be destroyed. This peace doesn't just surpass the understanding of the worldly man. It surpasses all understanding. Let me tell you, Job had this kind of peace. 
Daniel had this kind of peace. The three Hebrew boys had this kind of peace. David had this kind of peace. And as a child of God tonight, you have this kind of peace. You can have victory with this kind of peace. Number four tonight, we need to conquer with more prayer. We need to conquer with more promises. We need to conquer with more peace. But then, fourthly, we need to conquer with more praise. Yes, amen. Psalm 71.14 says this, But I will hope continually and will yet praise Thee more and more. Hey, it's obvious today that many Christians have no victory because they wear long faces and they possess negative attitudes. A good example of this would be uh, 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 several weeks ago I saw on Facebook there was a post going around that said this. If we're being honest, sometimes it's the church folk that run people away from church. I, that is true. That is true. But I love what Brother Jeremy Simpson said about it. He shared it and he changed it a little bit. And I like what he said. Here's what he said. Now that's a true statement, first of all. But why must we dwell on the negative behavior of some and not expound the positive effects of others? He said this, if we're truly being honest, it's also church folks that have loved every sinner into church. Amen, Amen to that. I like what he did there. Hey, here's the thing. Here's what he said. Thank God for the true saints and get your mind out of the gutter of negativity. The worst I have seen in the church is still better than the best I've seen in the world. Amen. Amen. This point, the point behind all of that goes right to Philippians 4.8 that says, hey, Philippians 4 is good, by the way. Go home and read the whole thing. I've been in verse 6, 7, and now we're in verse 8. You know what verse 8 says? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. There's not a lot of thinking on these things in the church today, but I'm here to tell you tonight, if you're going to have victory, the Bible tells us what we need, and one thing we need to stop is being so negative. Psalm 71.14 was written while the psalmist was in a serious crisis and depended upon God for help. Yet in this psalm, he doesn't slip into despair or seem to lose sense in God's favor. He has problems, but yet he praises. We need more praise. Psalm 146 verse 2 says, While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Psalm 34 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hey, David resolved that he would praise the Lord no matter what happened to him. No matter what circumstance he was in. He would continually praise the Lord. Let me tell you something. Praise is an effective antidote for the poison that is doubt, depression, and despair. If we're going to be victorious, we need to praise more. Look at what it says back in chapter number 8, verse 37. We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. 
Paul tells us tonight that the only reason that we are victorious in this life is because of Him that loved us. Through Him that loved us. Our victory does not lie within ourselves. Our victory rests in Christ alone. The love of God for His children is so vast, it's so deep, it's so far-reaching that God wants us to know that nothing can separate us from His great love. Nothing at all. I'm done. Let's stand and bow our heads. Close your eyes tonight.